It's Brit Peaches and Cork carrying us through this week. On on the eve of the New York election. Prime you can't can't early vote. Well, it's already the end of Monday mm-hmm. today, so already you already can't early vote. Who knows if we're gonna get this even out on Tuesday. But you know what, guys, I'm sorry, it's just sometimes the podcast two oh two gets gets a little political and it might be time to, you know, dip our toes back into that water since since the last thing we did was our our presidential endorsement coverage with the uh, Cory Booker but even that could kind of kind of um derailed by the novel coronavirus mm. but uh you know you may have heard about these questionnaires or these questions being asked all the mayoral candidates at these debates you know like what's your favorite movie like what's your favorite team or whatever but this wasn't good enough for us so we we had to ask all of the mayoral candidates what their favorite, not soccer team, but their favorite soccer game was. Hmm. And would you believe it, most of them got back to us. They sent back our questionnaire. Just our luck. So uh, we have answers from eight or seven, I think, mayoral candidates from both political parties. Wow. So wow. so balanced and got, brave from 202. King Kurt to answer King, Oh, boy, did Kurt answer. Yeah. But um, all right, guys. I mean, like, first off. First one to respond very eager, eagerly was Diane Morales. I mean, like, mm-hmm. wh- what do you think Diane Morales' favorite game? I mean, do, do you have any guesses for any of these guys? Were there any games where PRO did not administer them because of labor negotiations? Well, or? close. I mean, yeah. I, Diane Morales gave a very impassioned, long response. It was actually written, you know, outside of the box that we provided for uh, mm-hmm. answer space. It was like in the margins. Like other colon. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it was just a short answer. It was like a blue book, you know, short answer mm-hmm, thing, mm-hmm. but like they're really pushing the margins of the blue book. Mm. Uh, saying, you know, that she she believes in campaigns and movements and collectives. Um, so she can't just pick one single game. She has to pick an entire tournament. And for that reason, she has picked France's entire 2010 World Cup. As a ah, her go-to, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know she got a staffer to research that well, but mm-hmm. it's a bold choice, mm-hmm. bold choice. Uh, but next up, very different kind of thing is a uh, Catherine Garcia. You know, former sanitation head, mm-hmm. wonk in chief, person who actually knows what she's doing. Uh, she answered another World Cup related game, but this time it was a single game. Uh, and she said Austria versus Germany in 1982, mm-hmm. a, uh, a practical utilitarian choice that got the best result for everyone involved. And but, just waiting for the other teams to implode. Yeah, basically. exactly. I mean, Both Austria and Germany go through mm-hmm. the only winning move or one winning move or the only losing move was to try to win. Right. Mm-hmm. In that sense, maybe Diane Morales should have thought about that <laughs> too. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I get it. I see Catherine Garcia's, you know, thinking. Also, shout out to Spain, Catherine Garcia, and, and you know, one Let, of, Latino of the year, Catherine Garcia. <laughs> Del Año, yes. <laughs> Latino Del Año. I'll call, yeah, I'll call that. Um, so uh, next up is uh, Maya Wiley, another, another, you know, one of the final four, so to speak. Uh, and a big former, four. Yeah, the big, yeah, the new big four, as mm, we're calling the, it. The, the, the New York Super League. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a former, former lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
interestingly enough, she has also said Austria versus Germany 1982. <laughs> would you believe it? Because it, uh, it, it produced a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to cover up potential allegations of corruption, and lawyers love that shit. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes sense in hindsight. But, uh, okay, now this is, this is the really big one, the heavy hitter. Everyone's out to get him. Everyone was dying to know if you would even answer this question. Eric Adams did, in fact, respond. Wow. Mm-hmm. And he selected a single game, and it's not an international soccer game. Oh, wow. He's he, going for a deep cut? I know. He's, yeah. going, he's going for a league game. He's going for Arsenal 3, Stoke 1 in 2010. <laughs> and we responded to him. Just quick email back said, oh, like, is, is Borough President Adams a, uh, an Arsenal fan? A this gunner, is interesting. Yeah. yeah, like, you know. Um, and the only thing we received was a photo of a car with a stick figure of a human drunk, drawn underneath it. Don't know how to, <laughs> to, to interpret that. It's vaguely threatening. And upon investigation, we realized that uh, that is actually the match that Aaron Ramsey shattered his leg, or, or Ryan Shawcross shattered Aaron Ramsey's leg. <laughs> the Adams camp did not explain why that is his favorite soccer game. <laughs> But probably just a coincidence. He probably just, you know, really liked some of the some of the triangles that Arsenal were creating that game. Philosophy, yeah. You know, but also a mix of practicality with the long long bombardment, tactical bombardment. I think he actually like meant to say that it was a West Ham game, but it turned out, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. so you remember you remember Sean Donovan? I think he's still running, technically. Mm -hmm. Former Obama admin alum, Sean Donovan. uh, He responded that his favorite soccer game was Super Bowl 42. Okay. Okay. Fair Which enough. Which I think wrong, wrong, wrong football shot. So yeah, it's kind of football. <laughs> these these, uh, these responses are not not <laughs> not kind of his forte. Uh, and here's our bipartisan uh, answer, Curtis Lee. Mm-hmm. You know the uh, Republican candidate for mayor, Guardian Angels founder. Uh, simply the responded. The original organizer. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Saul Alinsky learned everything from. From him, he mm-hmm. uh, responded just with one word, which was Heisel. <laughs> <laughs> wow. We, uh, unlike Eric Adams, we did not respond to this. As we just <laughs> pretended to, uh, pretended we didn't see it. Um, which uh, leaves, last but not least, of course, Andrew Yang, once the front runner, now slipping, noted NYCFC and Brooklyn Nets fan Andrew mm-hmm. Yang. What is his take on soccer? Believe it or not, Andrew Yang answered an actual soccer game. Newcastle 3, Liverpool 2. Does this ring a bell, didn't it? Like, like we, I, was, I was shocked. I was like, man, is this guy, is this guy cheating again? Because people were, like, suggesting that he was stalling and his staffers were, you know, Zoom chatting him the answers. Is, but no, it's, is, it's a game. And is that the game where, uh, where Liverpool had the beach ball score on them? Because that not, that was seems Sunderland. like his vibe. Okay, that would be yeah. good. But Liverpool had goals from Milan Baros. And uh, Newcastle had goals from Gavin Harris and Santiago Munez. Uh, because it is the final game in the movie Goal in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> where uh, Newcastle qualified for the Champions League on a daring last-minute free kick from Santiago Munez. The... Uh, Pride of Los Angeles, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> fucking Andrew, I thought I thought you almost had it there, man. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think with I don't think this questionnaire was um, conclusive enough for us to issue an endorsement in this race. So yeah. <sighs> Just no one really meets our standards. No one, 
mentioned anything involving Nigel Pearson or Dean Saunders or uh, Gennaro Gattuso, like none of that. So next time, folks, uh, we will be acting as though there is no mayor of New York City until someone responds adequately. So. Enough of the politics. Episode 180 of You From 202. Back from the international break. Fresh and ready to go. It's three of us. Because Sam is out recreating the movie. The the classic American cinema experience. uh, The Hangover. He's uh, somewhere on a roof at a bachelor party. He's lost, lost his way. Was he was he in Nashville? Like no, actually, he... no, he's actually reliving Ken Jong's character, um, which is probably incongruent with what you were expecting. You know what? I I know to expect the unexpected with Sam. You know. Yeah, it's this is gonna really cut down on some of the like real transgressive content we have on <laughs> right, the show. Exactly. Yeah, Sam's always pushing the envelopes. So. Just going after Asian stereotypes. We, de- yeah. we definitely have not been issued a soft ban by the FCC that we're we're making this cover story up because of uh, Sam's just old and courageous content that he gets censored for every week. Yeah, um, he's, he's, he's had a cocaine suspension from the FA, <laughs> and we're just, we're just covering it up, you yeah. know, like Rooney. He's out, he's out with, a, with a sickness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's definitely not addicted to hair plugs. Um, <laughs> where did, the, he, he didn't go to, he didn't say Nashville. He's somewhere in the South, Charlotte. right? It's basically Nashville, yeah. same yeah. thing. Yeah, same. Mm-hmm. You know, same city. But uh, the they're going to be part of South Highlands Royals with yeah. Nashville and Austin <laughs> once <laughs> the merger happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, and whenever whatever Oklahoma City club makes it through to the new MLS Reserve League or whatever, Rebels won. Rebels won two zero over Inland South FC, Nashville, Charlotte. I don't know, uh, New Orleans. FC. I think this is the team from uh, from Lexington that they've been talking about putting together. For oh a yeah, it's the Chattanooga team. Right, no, them too. Yeah, yeah. This is. I think this was the nicer Chattanooga team mm. rather than the USL. We one. played uh, Asheville, right? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh, Asheville definitely is going to be in Southern Highlanders FC. Yeah, for sure. When that gets together, you know, Chattanooga. That might be like the last one of the last things I remember on. Like RMLS being a thing was that when like Garber like offhand was like oh like just trying to think of a small club or small city and mm. was like oh you know Chattanooga and everyone's like how fucking dare you sir? yeah Chatt- hands off yeah Chattanooga FC has fourteen people in their supporters <laughs> section <laughs> you son of a bitch yeah so um thrilled to announce we beat them two 0 last mm. week this Friday but uh no it it was a Great game, and I have to say that the closest we've had to a normal match at Red Bull Arena in mm-hmm. over a year. Indeed, it might have been more normal than the only home game we had last year against Cincinnati, which, which was a sleepwalking kind yeah. of fever dream. I was like, 40 minutes late to it, yeah. for instance. That was the adequate response. Wow, I was at that game, huh? Yeah. But were you really? Was anyone yeah. really there? No. No. The only yes. person who was actually no. there was Patrick Seacrest. No one else was actually there. <laughs> yeah. It was all in his mind palace. But uh, no, it was a good day out. Um, I've talked a lot. What do you guys think about this game against Tuno? 
2-0 win over Nashville SC. Is this the greatest game in New York Red Bulls history? I don't know. Well, I mean, I think it was a very, like, good game to watch in terms of, like, soccer. Or, like, you know, like, it was good footballing, you know? There's, mm-hmm. um, it, it was very tense, and it felt like there was, like, waves to this game where you could feel, like, that tension ebb and flow, and you're just kind of waiting for that tension to break, and that happened with the first goal. Um, but it was, like... You know, like, both teams are definitely, like, trying to match up against each other in a way. And you could, like... It's one of those things where I feel like um, like a casual fan would call it a boring game almost be- until, you know, the, the crazy goals happen. But, um, like, you, you can really appreciate a little bit of that kind of flow of the, how, how the tempo changed mm-hmm. here and there in the game. How, like, quickly Nashville is able to come back and defend and, like, how much, like, we rotate the ball and cycle it through. And it was, like, uh, it was really interesting to watch in that way i think uh, a few people called it a very tactical game mm-hmm. um i think that's a correct assessment and i think that um you know it, it was a good like tense mental battle yeah the um not to discredit nashville as they were already undefeated before they came in a lot of draws and you know not necessarily walking away with the league but uh my takeaway for both teams is that it looks like they finally both had a preseason. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Presumably Nashville mm-hmm. was solid-ish before because of their record, like I said. But for the Rebels in particular, it's like, oh, yeah, we we are more of a team now. And I, I think this is I'm probably, probably pulling from Struber's quotes without realizing it here. But it, it was a notable difference from the first month of the season, which felt much more uh, touch and go. But, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think both of your points just now, uh, both that – um, yeah, Struber has explicitly said himself, like, you know, um, you know, we've, I mean, he said a few times, you know, uh, partially as an excuse, but partially as a, you know, fair assessment. That's probably something you can apply to a lot of the teams in the league that, yeah, we didn't really have a preseason. We're not really fully fit. We don't really know what we have yet. Um, and that is kind of starting to turn a corner the last few weeks. Um, maybe. Maybe during the international break, you know, just uh, I mean, I guess they had they had a closed door game against D.C., but just generally um, able to finally, for the first time, have the entire squad situated and start testing some things out, even without full games. And then, um, like you said, Peaches, uh, the that it was kind of a tactical game, I think, is a very good assessment of what happened, Um, I think. Um, you could see, especially in the first half, um, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to touch on this a little bit for once a Metro, um, just from my own um, kind of ivory tower, seeing for myself that Struber was kind of frustrated with the first half, um, you know, up close. He was, you know, kind of grimacing at a lot of passing sequences, um, some of the positions that guys were taking up. Um, and obviously it was a new formation. I don't know how much we've gone over so far yet. Like, you know, not at all. Yeah. That, um, we had, uh, obviously the biggest, uh, kind of, uh, stripe was seeing, um, Tom Edwards being deployed in central midfield, which obviously was something we had never seen before. It's apparently something Edwards had never seen before in his career, but something that, you know, and that kind of speaks to what I was saying a minute ago about, you know, them kind of, you know, having their eyes open to some things in training over the international break. And apparently one of them was that Edwards could maybe be be useful in this position. But I think you see, um, you know, his his being a little bit unsure of the positions to take there. 
um, being one of the issues, even even though he put in a very game performance, he didn't really make any mistakes per se. Um, just kind well, of. I was going to say, isn't everyone from England just a defensive midfielder at the end of the day? Yeah, except, except the England national team, which are all left backs, right? Right, right backs, yeah, right yeah, backs. Right, right. Uh, um, right, but uh, but that also um, that he wasn't necessarily doing anything. He didn't make any mistakes, but that he. Um, didn't necessarily, you know, have a good feel for for you know how to approach different states of the game in that role, and I think that's why you saw him come out. I thought it was, a, you know, a good touch by Struber to not like show him up or anything because I don't think that was the point of the substitution. Um, you know, so he didn't do it, you know, right at the half. It that's was kind of like five point. five minutes in. I was sort of like, thinking that when when it was five minutes in, I was hmm. like, well, what was the point of that? Like, yeah. you know, the game even barely even served, but that makes sense for why you do it. Yeah. Right. Well, I remember thinking at that point, it's like, are we like finally getting Drew in some minutes to, you know, maybe play a full game soon? Is he just like trying to get to fitness? You well, know? I mean, he's been kind of in that holding pattern for over a month now. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of been his, he's been coming on at like the 55th, 60th minute of every game. And he's done some USL games from the start too, where it's kind of at the point now where it's like, all right, he's he's, he's, like, at, he's, he's at probably full, fit, right? He's, yeah. he's he's fit by now, and there's yeah. there's other factors that are keeping him off the field. I think I think if you're putting a, a converted right back in the sixth role um, instead of him, I think that says that Struber doesn't trust him at least at the sixth role, and that he's also not willing to bench any of of Davis or Clark or Amaya to fit him in at one of the higher midfield positions either. So I guess it's still just kind of. Um, you know, uh, although Davis has proved himself at the six, sort of. You would, yeah, you would, you would think that, but then you know the fact that we see Edwards getting tried out in this role, um, you know, after you know we're we're continuing. I mean, we're on essentially month number two now without Yuba Diara, who seemed to be the income. over here. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> who who seemed to be you know etched in stone as the incumbent right from the start at the beginning of the season with Struber even praising him after he got hurt. And now all of a sudden after we think, we think we've seen Sean Davis do really well in that role. Now Struber wants to try some other things. So I think, I guess that kind of speaks to, yes, um, it's, it's starting to feel like a team for the first time and then, and things are gelling for the first time on, on a high level, but also Struber hasn't figured out everything he wants to do yet. And I think we, we still might even see some, some more transfers, you know, um, before this summer's done. I don't think they're done tweaking things yet. Did the, did the presser or press releases or anything like that provide any clues as to, you know, maybe midweek rotation with us going again on Wednesday or, Maybe like I'm also thinking of the last game before the break against Orlando. We didn't see Klimala and Fabio because uh, Struber had a particular idea in mind with Royer and mm. Klimala, right? And, uh, right? Together instead. Um, like was it was it may, maybe something like that where he thought that having Edwards would in there would be a specific matchup? with Nashville or something? I mean, Nashville does play kind of like, as we saw on Friday night, kind of like a flat 4-4-2 where they kind of sink in. I mean, it's Gary Smith, kind of like a traditional British team, and uh, maybe less of a threat playing through the middle where you need to have a guy who's 100% on point in the sixth role um, to counter that. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe there's... There's some of that going on in the tactical reasoning for for what Struber did there, um, but I also think you know, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, 
you know, I think maybe maybe the maybe what he doesn't like, maybe not doesn't like, but just, you know, would prefer to try and adjust from Sean Davis at the sixth position um, isn't necessarily him being inadequate at the role, but maybe almost you know, too adequate at it. We've seen some of the stats mm-hmm. where where Davis has been one of the biggest runners in the league. And we know that Struber has been kind of conscious of making sure guys aren't running too much in the press. Mm-hmm. We already know that he's adjusted the formation against the Galaxy, claiming that that was in mind and has done some halftime adjustments with that in mind. Um, so, so maybe, maybe there's a lot of, maybe it's not even necessarily a value judgment of like good and bad as far as him, you know, pulling guys from certain roles or, or adjusting things at certain roles, but it's just him still, still exploring and still trying to figure out what the best version of, of the system it, is. Is, is Tom Edwards our new Florian Velo? Maybe. I mean, maybe Florian Velo still has a chance to be Florian and Velo oh, again. That's true. But, yeah, he was know. back on the bench. Right. Was not expecting that. To not be injured anymore. Mm-hmm. He was listed as questionable the day, or was it out? He was, I think he was written as out, but someone said that, uh, that it should have been clarified that he's questionable or something, that the graphic might have been wrong. I, um, I can't help but think that we're hamstringing ourselves by not leveraging the long throw. At all times, at all these positions, that, that is a problem with Edwards at the six is that he's in he's in the he has to leave his his middle patrol right. to go to the sidelines to do long throws. And, and one of the, the the things that you pointed out during the game, Britt, about um, <laughs> at one point that he just like drifted all the way wide so he could on the left side switch back to his right foot to throw right. in across. Yeah. <laughs> can take the boy out of Stoke, but you can't take the <laughs> Stoke out of the boy. Um, one thing that caught my attention in the first half, when Struber was so displeased, is that he even got a yellow card mm. for, I guess, a, he was kind of coming out of his era, yeah, area com- yeah. to complain about a call. It yeah. was uh, oh, it was about a call, yeah. Because okay. mm. I it caught me by surprise because the the ref also like got very upset at at Tolkien, but in a like scolding parent kind of way where he was like no you like get over here I sir. think it was that exact moment yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I was conf- but then Tolkien didn't get carded and then like once he actually spoke with Tolkien he didn't seem to actually be that angry with them was, and then he gave Struber a talking to but they fist bumped it was very weird um, but I guess I guess you said that Struber was giving Tolkien like constant notes from over there kind of <clears throat> excuse me um it was kind of, um, you could see, and this was maybe something you could see more so in the early games of the season um, from from the sideline, but that uh, uh, he didn't like, there were a lot of moments where the team, the, the way guys were positioned and the way guys were linking up was sending the ball backwards. And not even like a full-on, like, you know, you know, dump pass, but mm-hmm. like, you know, just just kind of you know lateral balls that were you know angling you know five or ten degrees backwards, mm-hmm. and him just kind of grimacing every time that happened. And I think you know we 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 know a little bit from from what he's from what he's preached and practiced at his previous jobs that you know a big big feature of his of his teams when they're in possession and trying to play the ball short is that it's always forward nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's guys who are, you know, it's, it's not when, when you run into resistance, you don't turn the ball around. You just, you know, have multiple options who are running forward. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's pressing on and you're off and on the ball. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, seeing, seeing a lot of moments where guys were kind of a little more static and stationary and receiving balls that were angling a little bit backward. And I think that was probably the gist of what he was talking about a lot with Tolkien and also Neilis in the early parts, certainly, I mean, throughout the first half. And um, that, that, you know, seemed to be less of an issue, seemed to be less of an issue in the second half, especially after Yearwood came on. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a, a point that's um, like to add on to kind of the um, it feels like we had a preseason idea that there seems to be, you know, like I think Struber has more demands now of the team and is like a little bit, you know, uh, more willing to show his frustration. I feel like, mm. um, you know, obviously these these types of passes were something I was frustrated at in the beginning of the season because uh, I think that, you know, the way that we were cycling ball wasn't productive in a way that I think now that Gerhard Struber might um, really want to impose on as, as like kind of like a team identity or whatever. Mm. Um, and, you know, once uh, once once it did start clicking, like we were able to bypass our midfield. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, like it, it it's good to know that I think that you might have this kind of progressive scale of expectations and that these are increasing since, um, you know, th- there's been time with the team together now. Mm-hmm. We found we found ways to bypass the midfield, I would say, throughout the first half. But we, we just had those spells of the ball getting caught at Edwards and Nealis and Tolkien's feet where they were just recycling more mm-hmm. than going forward. And we would occasionally interrupt it with what we were supposed to be doing. But uh, yeah, I think, I think it was, it was boring, but in control. I mean, and I think especially compared to the first month of the season, the more preseason stage, which could be very frustrating at times. Um, it, it was refreshing, I think to see, us not be super sharp in that capacity or like like frustrate our coach but like still be totally in control of the game because we really were totally in control of the game the whole the whole time um i don't think i don't think i mean nashville i think maybe gets one shot off but i don't think cornell makes an entire a state a save the entire game um i don't think they had a shot on goal yeah, there, there was one in the second half yeah there was one one big one in the second half that's where they true, kind of true, where they true. kind of broke it was it kind of resembled the goal that orlando I scored think it was like 48.6 miles per hour or something yeah <laughs> yeah it, well, it, the yeah it was it was high on the metrics but uh it was kind of uh like i said it was kind of similar to the goal that uh vanderwater i love that guy scored against <laughs> orlando i love his name uh scored against orlando or for orlando where it was kind of like you know they kind of trailed off uh on the on the side of the box but it was kind of tough enough angle that coronel was able to you know get kind of an obvious enough shot yeah no, that one totally it was a hard screwed. shot but he got on it that one really screwed me with my depth perception um like when the when the ball bounced off of Cornell, hmm. I, I literally didn't know where it was until it landed yeah. at one of our players feet i was like yeah. oh, okay great yeah, it, it felt like it might have been go- going back. I, I rewatched it on the replay uh, or the highlights. So I was watching the 15 minute highlights, and um, it was a good save. I mean, like I, we couldn't really see it from our angle. I don't think uh, the way that that no, play, yeah. play broke down, but it was. Um, I mean, like that was probably the only time and the defense really broke down at that like part of the pitch. Really, though, right? Yeah, I think it's notable that it happened once the game had opened up too. Yeah, um, I'll say that. Before we move on to the goals and stuff, that I think the back line was solid. You know, I think Tolkien had a had an encouraging second start, right? Just a second start. Um, but you know, I think he's still very clearly like a kid, right? Like he's still working his way in. It's very encouraging. Very but, encouraging, though. but like you know, not perfect yet. 
but that's fine. But I think it's like really reassuring to see performances yeah. like this consistently from Tolkien, or like two two in a row is like pretty good. You know, if you're mm-hmm. just like these are your first two starts um, to handle that pressure, and you know, it's 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 relieving because if. Atlanta do try some shit with Gubin. I feel a little better knowing that we have. Yeah, well, I mean, Gubin's apparently out with an MCL sprain now. For like a month. So yeah, which is yeah, uh, I think they said four weeks on the injury report last last week. So um, at least four weeks. So we saw Jason Pendant. Fucking Jason Pendant exists. Yeah, we saw him again. He's not a rumor. Pendant and Velo were in the squad. It was weird. Um, yeah, speak of full squad, like, we, we actually have a squad, I guess. <laughs> Sean Nealis had, I think, a characteristic Sean Nealis performance where it was overall very solid um, and no consequential mistakes. But I did notice a, kind of in the, in the first half, first half of the first half period, he, he seemed to be trying to go for this pass, like, at, at 2 or 3 o'clock, um, or 2 o'clock, I guess, uh, in when he's trying to outlet the ball that he tried two or three times and just like nobody was there. Mm-hmm. And he se- like the way he was doing, he seemed to be like focusing and try- trying to do something. He was trying, trying in training. I don't know if usually Davis is there and Edwards wasn't there or something, but it wasn't coming off. And, um, I think like, it's clear that he's not going to pass the ball as much as long did, or even as much as Parker did. Cause Parker actually was really one of the, yeah. one of the more, uh, ball heavy distributors I mean, I, system, but still a very solid performance, and none of the mistakes were consequential. Mm-hmm. I really thought that it hit uh, Sean. I, I noticed particularly in this this game uh, for some reason that he his communication with Cornell is very frequent, and um, I think he like takes the initiative on that a lot, which is yep. I think very good because you know that's what you want from yeah. a starting center back is good communication with your goalkeeper, yeah. and I think he kept um, everyone kind of in line and organized. Um, you know, Reyes, no man could like really run past Reyes. I think in this that's game, true, yeah. uh, his aggression was like worked in a good way in, in, in this game in terms of you know I think uh, maybe the ref might have let some fouls go that uh, other refs might not have, but it was it suited the game. Um, he was really disruptive. I thought. That's an area where having a crowd might have actually made a difference, too. Mm-hmm. Instead of the hostile New England crowd, having an actual crowd of some, some size, mm-hmm. Red Bull Internet could have helped with that. But I thought Reyes played blinder really great. It's a shame that that couldn't have been his first game, you know? Like, he was yeah. he was on his way. Right. But, I mean, to mention the crowd, the crowd was great. Like, yeah. It was really good energy. I thought. I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like everyone fun. watching the game like really got that the game was tense and that like it was this kind of like tactical game. People were tuned in to like everyone was clapping for throw-ins and clearances yeah. and stuff like that, which was fun. I mean, Red Bull. I, my spiel is that Red Bull Arena is is good about that every week compared to the rest of the league, but it, it was particularly pronounced. I think people were excited to be back and, and stuff like that. And I think it, it probably was nice for, um, you know, guys like Tolkien and, uh, and, uh, Edwards to being out of position to get little bits of encouragement and stuff like that. Yeah. Tolkien had a lot of good feedback. I felt like when he made like a really smart play or something like that yeah. and it was, uh, properly encouraged. Also, I just remembered that I forgot my cup again, but we don't have to talk about that. Oh, thank you for you. You made, <laughs> I forgot about it. Fucking, you're you're losing me so much I'm, money to um, the mob. God, fucking <laughs> Curtis Sliwa is going to knock me. down my door and you know, um, but uh, finishing off the backline though, I think Duncan beyond the goal actually had a 
extremely solid performance was real was was really just uh, you know usually my my critique of duncan is that he's like weirdly loose and frustrating especially mm. when he's going forward but not as much of that uh really solid at the back seemed to always have a good sense of space and um it felt like he turned faster in this game than yeah, most games you know? i would think so yeah I, I agree i thought it was, he was very clean and tidy about everything yeah. yeah i agree he dribbled past people he was confident you know um and he scored that goal with his left foot oh my god <laughs> we were watching it happen and i, I just didn't believe it like, Presumably, Nashville also must have been like, yeah, I mean, it's fine. Let, it, let him take it on the left one. They just slots it into the corner. Oh, That was nice. The way that he just he he just stroked it nice and calm. He didn't try to overdo it. And I believe his quotes after the game were along those lines, right? That Struber's getting him to think less. So I mean, that's how you play better, right? I you think you so. Just don't, you got to get to a point where you don't think and you just play. I think so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of crowds and goals, though, I have to say, I think... The 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 reaction I think in hindsight I think like when Fabio scored that goal like I, I like almost I mean I like I got up and screamed and like celebrated I almost didn't know what to do though in a way <laughs> yeah. like, and I feel like almost I feel like the rest of the stadium also kind of had like it had been so long I mean we we scored a decent amount of goals at home already this year but just like with a full crowd and something like that I, I was just sort of like what do I do with my hands <laughs> yeah. like what mine were just like on my head in bewilderment though. I think everyone's like just- it was the kind of goal that you get where like there was a second wave like everyone like stopped like watched on the screen and then was like oh, oh my god <laughs> I uh, I told myself going into this year that in in the press area I would maintain a certain decorum and uh, <laughs> and dignity and not and try and be neutral and not like you know celebrate and shit like that and I've been good about like maybe half the goals so far this season <laughs> that one was fucking impossible well, I was you know just I like, think a neutral would celebrate that goal yeah right yeah. a neutral would celebrate embrace that goal embrace your inner Bob Euchre <laughs> yeah. yeah or uh that that is that's also something that would happen. Maybe it did happen in goal exclamation point two thousand five. I, I, I just, think that um well, well the caption I think that the league decided to go with was Fabio MG. Yeah, a lot of people were saying that. Like everyone's like yeah. everyone used right. that, and it's I was like, like oh, yeah, yeah, that's you, it. That's you, it. You can't. I don't know. It's one of those things that Wait, you can't Fab- say aloud. Fabio MG. Yeah, yeah. Like like they use the O like a lot, and they just put MG. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It, it only works Fucking, in written yeah, form, yeah, you know? yeah, It's yeah. much more fun to say Fabio. 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 Um, Fabio. Did you see his game ball speech? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. Thank you very much. <laughs> He's football been very, very good oh, to me. Man. Absolute, <laughs> absolute chat energy on that celebration, too. Fucking, and it's the, this is why you play the two of them, Gerhard. This is why you play our two Furch together That's right. to do Furch things. Uh, and I thought Klimalo really could have gotten a goal. I mean, God, finally, we see the both of them together. And it re- it felt like we were doing better on the whole about aggressively feeding Klimalo in particular. Klimalo, yeah. uh, like, it's weird because his first, um, the game that we were at in Philadelphia last month, um, you could see that he was kind of on the front of things and, like, run, running ahead of the ball and running ahead of the, of the back line. Um, and in the games since and in the games where he's started so far, he has been kind of the guy dropping off and collecting it more. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who kind of 
uh, Fabio. Fabio is running more north and south while Klamala yeah. is playing more laterally, laterally, playing with his back to goal, kind of like Royer does when he when he plays in the forward position. But obviously Klamala with with much more dynamic physical attributes than 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 Royer does, at least at, at this state in time. I, I, th- I think we're unbalancing guys because I mean. I'm just a Joe Schmo in the stands. I don't know anything. But, like, I'm routinely surprised at how many times a game Fabio turns the corner and straight straight up beats a guy in a sprint to the ball when he starts, like, half a pace or sometimes even a full pace behind him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a 6-4 apparent target forward when you look at him <laughs> and assume. Like, it, 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 he wins those kind of races and creates something out of nothing so often. And it's not even necessarily on like aggressive through balls that we feed Klimala with more often. It's sort of on kind of 50-50 weird balls sometimes. Well, I feel like we played a lot of balls into space for Fabio. Like I, I noticed yeah. that like on like wide balls into space, he ran after it and then started cutting in. in those but he wins things that he sh- yeah. it doesn't look like he should. I wonder if how much is going to change when we've played everyone in the conference once or the other teams have tape on him a little bit more because we have one thing that happened in the break is that he got extended at the end of the year. Excellent news for us, of course. We were clamoring for it. Hopefully it's just a paperwork move and we will sign him fully at the end of the year because it's just cheaper to do it this way. But that's enough paperwork. Um, But I'm wondering if other teams will start planning for that a little bit better. It'll be like, oh, okay, we, this guy's fast. We know he can do that. But part of me is optimistic that they won't be able to handle it because how do you prepare for that when you also have Klimala? No, no, that's like what I was saying. Like, I, I, w- when both of them started, it, it kind of felt like that, that Star Wars meme, now there are two of them. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, you know, the one where the... No, I'm not going to say it. It's fucking Star Wars. It's moving (laughs) I heard myself, you know, the Darth Maul thing where it like opens up. Oh, and then the other one opens. Okay, yeah. I feel like such a fucking nerd. Okay. Um, Um, Well, okay. My cooler meme that I referenced. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it it feels like that. It's just like, how do you do, it's like, you you can't double team both of, you can't double team everyone, right? That's like the I'm now going to spend 30 minutes (laughs) trying to think of a Star Trek meme to to insert in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was scorched. And the flick from, from Klimala, I mean, we, we, it was on the other end of the stadium and in a way it wasn't at, from, from where we were sitting in 202, uh, Cork gets to see everything perfectly from the ivory tower, obviously. Right. You're actually in a suspended cage that like floats above the match, like one of those camera rigs that they do. Oh, like the NFL stadium. Yeah. Like the and sky it's, cam. It's invisible. I, I actually just float like a specter. I'm like, I'm like the Loch Nahr from you, heavy You metal. have an out of body uh, experience where you're actually sitting there, but you're floating a above specter the specter is haunting yeah. RBA. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but it was actually a pretty good angle to view it as well. Cause you could see Klimala flip it. You could see Fabio gear up the and then curvature of like the outside boot shot hitting and, like, oh. the way that it hit the post. And then it just rifled into the back of the oh. net. Like without it, I was like, Holy shit. That, <laughs> that, that actually happened. Nominated for the Puskas first, award. First goal. What a first goal. Oh. And Klimala really I mean, it's just the it's a the, hopeful ball up, you know. That just and it just makes its way it, there. Yeah, I didn't even realize to watching the highlight that that the the flick was, you know, it, it was it was just like a. It doesn't need to be perfect, you know. Yeah, just keep keep make it, give, give him an opportunity. It was just giving Fabio an opportunity yeah. to do 
what he needed to do and then he did it he was just saving his energy for this goal for like you know like all the things he missed it was all it was all for this yeah but it's a i think it's also a good example of how how you know, Fabio just happened to be at the end of this, but it could have been Caden Clark. You know, yeah. it's it's a good example of how these forwards are really about creating chances yep. for the rest of the team. And I think this leads me to my one, my one, I think, like, more cautious point of thinking is that, you know, Struber has earned the benefit of the doubt on most of his, like, uh, tactical changes. Like, not so much, like, at LA, but it's the second game of the season. Everyone's hurt, whatever. But... Before the break, you know, like he started Royer and Klimala instead of those two up top. We won. It's hard to argue with results. This game, though, like Royer wasn't available to play. And part of me suspects that, like, maybe this was convenient and that, like, it let Struber get out of his way a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sure he seems like the kind of guy where maybe he could think of a wrinkle for every situation and, like, have a decent justification for all of it. And part of me is glad that, like, well, I'm not glad for I, a, a knock any, he, anywhere. But, it's his insurance background. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, part of me is like, you know what? It seems like it was nice that he had no choice, really. But, I mean, I guess he could have started Parlow. But, you know, <laughs> he had no choice but to go with the two of them. And it's like, yeah, just let them fucking create something. It's just time It's just time to go with Barlow it. Barlow looked fast when he came on, too. Like, Yeah, I mean, look, Barlow still has the tools that we all like. Yeah. But part of me is just like, okay, I'm glad that we had a situation where he couldn't get in his own way and couldn't overthink it himself. Because sometimes you just got to play our two fucking guys together and let him, let him take over. And, and what a fucking way to do it. And what a way to blow, blow open what was previously a tactical um, sort of chess match. But yeah, um, we mentioned the Duncan goal. In, in, who was, in who saw con- that coming? In context of his individual performance, um, in context of the team performance, I mean, I, I thought it was it was a it was a good opportune moment as well, and I think uh, we could have scored a third, but ultimately didn't need to. Um, honestly, very very round, thorough performance from this team, and and exactly I think what we had come to expect out of the Red Bulls playing at home. We, but I would like a until, blowout, you know, like it feels like we're on the verge of getting one. Yeah. Although, um, I mean, I think that sort of speaks to this. This was definitely closer to Orlando than it was Chicago or Toronto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they it took them a while to give up. And, but you know, at, at the end, it kind of felt like they were packing it in for midweek. Yeah. A little bit. I also didn't, I have to fully admit that I had not fully tracked who was on Nashville until they're in the building. I mean, obviously I know Dax and, and Will are there, but CJ Sapong, or as Fat Mob calls him, Charles Sapong. Just like our midfielder, C Jr. <laughs> yeah, and Miguel, the, the, the goalkeeper. Um, I have to say the the... PA announcer for this week did not prepare. <laughs> I don't know what he was. He was all over the place, and then um, he he said Jaleel and Ibaba's name so weird that I didn't even realize it was him on the field until I was looking at the box score. Uh, do more prep next time, man. I don't know what happened, but just get get there 15 minutes earlier, maybe. You know. I just want to say new Atletico Mints character Jamila Jaleel Anibaba. <laughs> <laughs> Jamila. 
Okay. <laughs> Always on the injury list being attacked by bees. bees. Yeah. <laughs> I just would would not would go along so naturally with Harry Kane is you hurting uh, <laughs> scenarios. Um, incredible. Um, well, I mean, like you know, I, th- I think we had a very brief discussion about how. I kind of don't like how, I mean, like, you were saying that a lot of arenas and stuff seem to be going a little bit more monotone and, like, uh, in, in even PA announcements. In PA announcements, yes. We noticed this at the Mets game, actually. Right. Because we went to the Mets game and, and Jacob deGrom threw five perfect innings and then was like, eh, just kidding, I'm tired. Because <laughs> he just was tired of winning so much. But and, we noticed and the that tendonitis, too. We noticed that, the, well, yeah, because we asked him if he could play center back. And right. he's like, mm, no I'm going to hurt now. Mm-hmm. Um, but their their announcer has also gone to a more understated style, um, and Which it seems like, like this is the trend now. But it in, confuses in, me because we just switched our PA announcer from the guy who had been like announcing since '96. Yeah, we we grew up. Yeah. It's it's more somber times. No, but know? we we don't like the the new announcers like this kind of like you know welcome to Red Bull Arena yeah, like true. Up, yeah. like really uh, high energy kind of guy. Like I, yeah, I, I agree like with the idea that we should be. It feels. It goes with the idea of like having a soccer purist experience at Red Bull Arena. I think a little bit to have just like a guy who's just like substitution. You know, it was yeah, for the yeah. New York Red Bulls. You know, uh, the the new stadium host appeared after the final whistle. Yeah. But I was actually on time to this match. By so I was in I was getting Brisa. So I sat in the stands for like ten minutes before the game or whatever. I, she didn't make any appearances like at halftime or before the game did she like why did they have her she, own- she does stuff before the game this i mean it's gotten a little better the last couple games because it was kind of brutal in the first um like few home matches where it was like you know 10 50 percent full mm-hmm. where she was doing stuff like pregame when there was like nobody in the stadium and doing like call and response stuff and it was just like ah, like what can i do oh speaking like, of which we made the camera kind of oh yeah my hand made it on this is the mind. closest they never really show that end of the stadium and apparently finally did yeah we and made the wendy's fan cam it, oh, although wow. the wendy's filter part did not work um <laughs> known 202 conspirator Alex Sassaroli was the main focus. He pointed to did, my hand. Did right. Sassaroli get Wendy's fied? No, oh, they, they didn't get, they didn't oh, get the, he, his energy. Him and Kate defied the <laughs> the filter. I think the filter, well, I remember remarking, like, oh, they finally figured out that it makes everyone look like clowns. And then <laughs> it turned out the filter was just not on. And then they switched to another thing and they like visibly turned it on. They put the camera on there like, whoa, whoa, whoa no, we can't make fun of architects. <laughs> there's, there's architects on screen right now. This is very serious. <laughs> Just one, they're they're just, they're a tier above journalists. Yeah, these people I mean, are they're spinning cubes in their head all <laughs> while they're watching the soccer match, uh, you know. So they they're really like this guy looks like he has very intricate opinions about the Red Bulls and Mario and Waluigi. And that's why you put him on. But yeah, the closest. Didn't you flick off the camera? Well, I, yeah, I did. Churlish and insubordinate. <laughs> Alex was pointing to me, flicking off the camera. You ruined. You ruined our moment of fame. We were gonna. We were gonna strike it big as a podcast, <laughs> and then you had to just go and alienate the masses with uh, that. I look. I put the explicit filter on the podcast, so I, we, I think we should be okay. Oh, fair enough. But um, well, so per usual, we've gone all every which way around. Once covering the basics, but are there any other uh, 
big takeaways about this very solid 2-0 win over Nashville SC before we move on to our upcoming games? Well, I mean, I just think it's like a kind of a good confirmation that the things that I was like super worried about aren't really um, too big. I think you you write about how like the case for not needing a center back now um, mm-hmm. and to look for the long term uh, for things and yeah, I feel kind of okay. Like we don't have Castros and we still do fine. Um, long, long, I mean, not to not like you know like he's not revered or anything like that. And he he I guess made an appearance in the stadium uh, on Friday, but. Uh, Aaron Long is, like, not, like, the gorilla in the room anymore the way yeah, it was a right. month ago. Um, Neither is left back, to be honest. Yeah. No, yeah, totally. Even right back, you know? Yeah, I mean... Kyle Duncan seems to be doing well when he uh, can play right back. That's true. Yeah. that w- That's actually maybe the most encouraging thing if I had to single something out. Um what, what was it? What's the what's the Ross Haley line that, that the Red Bulls have shown that they can win games they should, but not not necessarily proven yet they'll win every game? Something like that, right? Pretty, well, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the, the, this team's proved that they're they're not going to lose easy games. Like, right. You know, um, which, you know, a, every game was a question mark for the last two years. Yeah. And I think we can at least feel confident banishing that to the past for now. Whether they build on that, I mean, we're going to find out um, next few months. So, yeah. So we've got we've got two decent away tests right after this. Uh, both before we record next week, we've got New England away and Atlanta away. Um, New England away uh, has to be said is is shaping shaping up to be you know the hardest fixture in the league right now. I mean, they're they're top of the table. Uh, I know they're definitely top of the East. Mm-hmm. They top overall, they're close if not. I think it might still be Seattle. But, yeah. Uh, um, but then, but the Western Conference doesn't exist. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's that's. Um, yeah. But uh, is, it, is it too early to say uh, the Shield is not gone yet? The, the the Western Conference's numbers are inflated by everyone just beating up on the Diamondbacks. It's, it's yeah, just exactly. cool at this point. Sorry. If we, yeah. You have the Suns. Uh, I, well, the Suns, I, I've, I've, I've disowned the Diamondbacks, but yeah, keep, keep the Suns out of your mouth tonight. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna be going right back to Foxborough, like the fucking worst place to play. Yeah, and I, I don't know if the players feel the same way, but just from my own vantage point, watching you know TV over the years and having been to Foxborough a few times for myself, it just looks like the worst place to play. I think the one time I went to Foxborough for an away trip was the the worst game I've ever seen. Yeah, um, just just does not look very fun. Looks like I, yeah, I think Neela said himself during the presser today. I mean, like, if, like unprompted, like the turf, like will just eat you up, and it just sucks. And uh, you know, um, but power through it. I mean, there was, you know, Neelis went on to say, um, then, and Struber kind of spoke to this a lot too um, in today's presser that. Uh, they they feel like they should have no problem replicating the way that that first 20, 30 minutes looked in Foxborough last month mm-hmm. um, before, you know, the Reyes situation happened. And, 
you know, uh, I, you know, they sound really confident. I mean, we saw Klimala, you know, after post game on, on, on Friday night saying we will win, uh, we will win the game. Both of our strikers have such just oh, enormous this, energy. Like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know like how public like the video is. Cause I know I quoted it online, but, uh, like Klimala didn't even, cause Klimala said a few, had a few like, you know, lines so far where, where he's, you know, uh, been very like kind of smirky while he said it, like you know the the, the thing where like you will you will you will enjoy having me or whatever. <laughs> oh, uh, what was like someone he, you said someone asked him about like uh, Scotland and Poland. Oh, I asked him oh, about yeah. Scotland and Poland. He was like, I, he was like, I do not think about those places. Oh my uh, God. But but like that's what I was like you know, getting to that like he 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 definitely has like a twinkle in his eye when he delivers some of his lines. But the but the but that particular line about the New England game was very serious. Where he was just like, you know, I, I think we go to the next game and uh, and and we will we will win the game. Like, that's that's so like, funny. I feel like at some point he's gonna like make a stir in the media for us, which is bad, I guess overall. But oh, I love his energy. Yeah, yeah. This is winner mentality here, right? Mm. Like this is what we've been missing is just like someone who's just gonna like dig in and win. Just like through the sheer force of his determination, it does yeah. seem that they're they're a little and maybe more than a little. It seems that they're they're annoyed by the last result up there, and they it, it's really the only game this year that we have clearly lost, right? Mm-hmm. And even with a, I don't know, asterisk sounds a little too whiny. Like it's not like you know you make your own bed. We made our own bed, but you know it's still with the qualifier, we're playing with ten men the whole time. So it does. It is. It's nice to feel that they have a bit of genuine hunger to go out and avenge that. Which I think, to a point earlier, it's it, it's a contrast with other years where it was like, well, we're gonna try to play, we're gonna try to play well and keep our boots clean in uh, Steve McLaren's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. mantra. Um, and it's it's promising, I think. And and I don't know how much we can even really rotate this upcoming week. Because, I mean, that was some of the questions in the yeah. wake of Nashville. It was like, oh, well, how much rotation is there possible? With CCJ still at Copa America um, and potentially Omir and Roy are still out, I mean, I, I what other rotations would there even be beyond maybe Drew for, for Edwards mm. playing out of position? But the back line is pretty much what it's going to be. I mean, I would be sort of surprised if Amaro gets a start instead. I would be shocked if Jason Pendon gets a start instead. Maybe if, um, if Edwards doesn't play in midfield, if Drew starts, maybe Duncan rests and Edwards plays it right back maybe maybe I mean maybe that's in you know part of the factor in Edwards coming out early yeah. in Nashville too yeah well I mean I was gonna say I if, if Gerhard Strieber listens to this which I'm sure he does mm-hmm. um to naturally right of course uh to not play anyone with bad knees um uh but looks like uh we we don't have people like that right now on the team mm-hmm. or on the like squad anyway, yeah. except for like Volo. Go- but, well, know. Gutman is 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 already out for that. Yeah, right. So you know. yeah, probably yeah. Don't don't play Volo. Give give him a week. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't play him in Not Atlanta there. either. They're playing. They're they're back at Mercedes Benz, right? Hmm. Yeah, but uh, isn't the turf there like better? I don't know. It's, it's one it's, of the good turfs. It's annoying how like football turf is like not 
like football players don't like good grass. Like it's like football's not a sport really. It's like <laughs> it's incidental that it's played on grass. Like it's not really played on grass. It's preferable to not play on grass. Yeah. It's it's weird. Ugh. Um No, the the New England and uh and Atlanta turfs have the real like arena football kinda kinda look to them. Like it's literally just like a carpet laid over concrete. Yeah. Like, I mean the New England one's definitely the worst, I think. Yeah. In the league. It's just funny because I think I think it's not by any means the worst in the NFL. Which is just to show <laughs> oh like, no, yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah, it's yeah. fucking state of the art. Yeah. Like it's 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 the most. It's it's you know got all like the the bells and whistles and like fancy little like fluffers underneath. But I'm sure it still sucks. Like, it's fun because I think I think uh, Gillette's one of those places that they when there's a big tier one FIFA match there, they like bring in grass. So, yeah. Yeah. There. yeah. No grass. <laughs> but it's, you know, uh, we, we talked about this, I think last episode, but you know, their groundskeepers aren't going to be heading central park, you know, that's true. Yeah. Our, our groundskeeper mm. got poached by uh, central park, which is, you know, it's a, it's a good, good stopover. It's until, a great gig. I feel if, like. <laughs> uh, until you can move to the big leagues, you know, like prospect park or Van Cortland park <laughs> or Pelham Bay park, central park's all right, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's no Marine Bay golf course. So I'll just say that <laughs> <laughs> no Marine park. Marine fuck, park what yes. the fuck is Marine Bay? God damn it. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think we got to go start, start with Fabio and Klimal up top on Wednesday. I mean, Wednesday, Wednesday is the big, the big, uh, prize hunt Saturday, Atlanta, Atlanta's what? Like 10th. I mean, not that the, the literal spot matters, but Atlanta's Atlanta, I think is a mid table club this year. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think if there is a choice, I'm not even sure Gerhard's trooper even buys into to that zero sum kind of idea. Like maybe he thinks we can win both games, go full throttle, but I, I would say to go for it in New England, especially with the context of having a little bit of something to prove there. Gerard Struber is also the first coach we've had who hasn't been really around for kind of like, I think the uh, sort of Atlanta United rivalry feeling games, right. you know, that we have. So who knows how like he feels about that team or if, you know, like people have told him that there, there's a bit of tension or something. I will report from from today's presser that um, somebody corrected Struber that he he now calls the Revolution New England, not Boston. Not Boston. Uh, yeah. I'm sure that was a league mandate. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was like when Kaku had to change his name from Gamara <laughs> on the jersey. They were like, you have to you have to represent the brands, Gerhard. Exactly. You have to represent represent the brands of the city. The franchises. Are the revs aren't well. Obviously, their their uniforms aren't going to change, but they they announced a New rebrand. Crest, right? Yeah, it looks yeah. nice. I think. Yeah, I actually kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, New Chicago crest looks nice, too. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, I slept. I, I forgot that. I actually forgot about their shitty one that they're wearing now, yeah. even though we played them a month ago. But, um, I mean, it's nice that they, they're not going full wankery, like, you know, Boston Town, FC or whatever. But um, yeah. I, yeah, I like that they're still keeping it, but, like, the crest looks, like, nice and, you know, I think as, as you've said that, um, you know, despite Rangers and all that, they have a nice looking crest. Yeah. I was, I was just, uh, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm probably like have it like too convoluted in my head now to even come up with a joke, but just something about, uh, it 
being appropriate that uh, it would be Rangers and not Celtic that <laughs> the Irish American city would adopt the the colors of. But yeah, which the, has the Boston Celtics in right, it. Right. The, the club of Tommy McNamara of all the Tommy yeah, McNamaras yeah. of the world. Um, but uh, he scored this weekend, I think, against someone. He's on Houston or something, right? Who's he, he on? He was, and I think he, I think he did one more move, maybe. Uh, who did wait? Who did City play this weekend? I think he might have scored against City. To well, they played New England. Is yeah. Tommy McNamara New England now? He might be. Is it literally a club of Tommy McNamara? Wow! Look at look at all this. I feel like I'm we, on. We we're very well researched. I feel like here. I'm on the energy drink <laughs> soccer show where yeah. I've actually you know looked at all the Wikipedia's involved. Um, but yeah, I I um. He is on New England. There we go. Mm. Bruce got his guy. Uh, <laughs> what, what are you expecting out of Tommy this? Tommy McNamara has an international career paragraph on his wiki page. It just says he hasn't played for any national team. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, why does it exist? But yeah, okay. Um, the um, what are you what are you expecting out of these two matches? I guess is is the question. Because it, it are we playing Atlanta on Saturday or Sunday? I don't know. Either way, it's going to be before we record again. Mm. So we got we got six points on the table here, six points away. We have a grand total of zero points in our away matches so far this year. Um, to point out the obvious, obviously it would be great to start getting tough away draws and easy or, or wins against the weaker teams. New England, as I said, is definitely falls in a tough category. They're five points clear in the Eastern Conference at this point. Uh Atlanta, more ambiguous, you know, they still got Joseph. I guess be just your point about the Atlanta rivalry. For me personally, I feel like the juice is gone. It was always a it was always a competitive rivalry rather than like a a proper derby, right? Um, yeah, and I feel like the the big players and who um made it kinda nasty, like Kamar yeah. is gone, you know, like Yeah. So I mean Tata and the gang and all Joseph that. alone is not really uh as much of a thing. I don't know. Right. It's it's moved on. Amiron's in, in the Premier League now. Kaku's in. Barco's b- b- bust. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's like the, the proof of concept for Atlanta seemingly has already failed, so it's like not a, the a big, threat anymore. That that athletic article about their front office felt like kind of a major, like kind of watershed for everybody to say, okay, Atlanta's not hot. No longer hot. Yeah. Oh, this Atlanta's reminds me. I forgot yeah. to talk shit about Nashville in that capacity. Like, there were a couple Nashville people on the train on the way out, and it's just like, ugh. Already, you guys? And you, and you guys live here? And then so I was, you, they're just waiting to move over. Yeah. I was in Austin for UT graduation the other month. Other you saw week. Matthew McConaughey himself in his green suit? <sighs> yeah, exactly. No, my, uh, my brother graduated from UT, so I was there. And, and I was reminded that Austin FC exists. They right. just had their home debut and just with that combined with Nashville and then seeing Atlanta this weekend it's just like you know to to I, I get why some people are like thinking about like man it would be nice to like have that kind of like you know civic pride or like oh everyone in town is is talking about like your team and I gotta say no, like you know, <laughs> we're really not missing out on you, 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 not these guys. You don't you don't want to see your fourth grade teacher at Walmart wearing 
the hot new teams that you're just, yeah. everyone's telling you is hips. We just like even when I was in Atlanta a couple years ago, it's just kind of like uh, you know what that's that's it's never gonna be that way here. And I, yeah, I think that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But like we kind of saw what it could kind of feel like in New York already with City, right? And it turns out that they're Nazis. So oh, well, that's yeah, yes, like, that sucked in a completely different <laughs> way. But just like this whole new Sunbelt SEC esque energy, it's like I don't, I I'm not envious of it at all. Like. Yeah. I, you know, like it's float. Like I appreciate that, like the new money is like kind of floating the league, and it's like allowing us to have a bigger salary cap to sign Fabio and Klimala. That's great, but like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be in Nashville in, SC or Austin. In like, in fifteen twenty years, like, when uh, like Hampton Roads United are being welcomed oh God, into the league, yeah. um, Charlotte and Nashville and Austin will be having this same conversation <laughs> about thumbing their nose at them. Letting them into like, the, I don't know about this the 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 new hottest rival the Glendale Derby yeah. <laughs> Glendale California versus Glendale Arizona fifteen people were shot in the in <laughs> on I five it's just you know a mess um, or I ten sorry. Uh, but yeah, we're not folks. We're not missing out on much. I, I like I like I like the Red Bulls. Controversial statement. I like I like. RBA. I mean, we've said this before, but like you know, like it's, it's like the branding stuff too. Like it, it, our team is at a good point in the type of people who show up. I feel like yeah, and like I, it's really just like it can't be understated. Or overstated, pardon me. Uh, uh, just like how with some of these cities, like there's just not much else to do. Like it's a bad side for Austin that this is a thing. To be quite honest, yeah. like it's really just like it's sorry in New York and in in North Jersey. There's just more shit to do. Like yeah. there's just more shit to do, and it's just like. You know, anyway. Uh, yeah, like, how are you going to blame the people who decide to go to the American Dream Mall instead of a Red Bulls game, you know? Exactly. Right. Like, you know, you can you can go, like, uh, throw rocks at Windows at Xanadu on the weekend instead. Like, mm -hmm. why would you go to a Nashville SC game? If you're a Nashville fan who's tuned in to listen to, you know, see what the other team thought about playing you, don't worry. I assume you're cool and fine, but, like, <laughs> all the other people in your fan base are... It's, it's really Austin who Who's, who's if you're an Austin fan who's tuning into this, you deserve everything you've heard. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. we're not playing you anytime soon. <laughs> we're not playing you this fucking yeah. year. So, um, full disrespect to Atlanta on the weekend. Uh, but all of this to say, I, I do actually kind of expect that we get at least a point. I would, I'd love to give us to get a fucking point on the road. I'd like to Lord, get four this, this week. Lord knows we've deserved a point on the road, but you know, you make your own bed. Uh, and Struber said that I think his quote, you know, is that we're ready for a first away win. Um, I agree, but honestly, two points. I, I would just love to see a proof of concept that we can just draw on the road here. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the way that the table is shaking out, and you asked, or you mentioned the shield earlier. I think even if we got two points for these two matches here. Considering how strong our schedule's been so far here, that that would be that would be great in my opinion. I don't know. Is that not? I'd like to. Enough? Well, I mean, like I would like to build. If if, if we were if we managed to get a, a draw at New England, I think that's good. But mm -hmm. I'd like to build on that with like a win in Atlanta, which I think is possible. And you know, I think would be like very energetic for the team if we were able to like consist not lose all these three matches in one week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and if we went undefeated, that'd be great. And um, but like if we drew both. Um, you know, I'd be. I feel like 
those games would end up feeling frustrating and so i would not be satisfied so i'm just like projecting myself in the future because i feel like you know we have the quality to beat a team like atlanta um and then like i think that we have a point to prove against new england um so i would like if we didn't come out with that kind of energy i'd be kind of disappointed to be honest especially because of the like you know we love giving teams their first l um and and like i like that i want to keep that energy on the road even though you know like these teams have lost or whatever um to um yeah just keep going and just thinking that we're we're bigger than everyone else and like you know the it's that big club mentality coming back a little bit for me i guess maybe but um it it feels nice where we are right now and i'd like to feel it uh Mm -hmm. continue i think i think we will win the game Um, in, in, at New England, I think I think both that statement provides provides good energy, and then also I think it's just you know it's going to be a nice kind of I think the team will have known uh, you know they they've they know what to expect from New England you know in very close proximity, and uh, I don't think they're going to I don't think we're going to get a red card in the first half again, and I think. Uh, you know, it's going to be kind of a, you know, just a little reset. I think New England is probably due for a loss. I said they were due for a loss when we played them last month, but um, I, I'm going to I'm going to dig it even harder on that this time. And uh, yeah, I, I just I just feel that there's there's kind of uh, that the Cosmos are sort of aligned right now for us for this to be the game that we we finally, you know, get it done on the road yeah I, th- I, th- I think i think we'll i think we have a good chance to win i'm saying this as meaning like i think i think we will win the game um and uh you know atlanta i'm hoping that we do that and then atlanta can be kind of house money and like you know whatever happens happens you know play around with the rotation a little bit um and you know just kind of you know regroup back at home after that yeah i'm sure the, the revs have probably circled wednesday on their schedule a little bit because it is still a tough game for them that they tune in for. That said, it does seem like this game probably means a little bit more to us than it does to them. We're a little bit more of just another schedule on their, mm. another game on their schedule. And Peaches, I, I, I guess I see what you mean for, or I have a deeper appreciation for what you mean by the, the rivalry kind of, like we've aged out of the rivalry when, in terms of Struber not knowing about it. But I think it's also true for the players as well, where none of the players have any, or few of the players have any reason to give any deference to mm-hmm. Atlanta, which is some, you know, both them and City. I, sometimes I feel like I, you just get teams walking in there who just give them too much respect. For yeah, no and come, with, yeah. Come, up, come with a losing mentality where, like, you know, I, I don't think anyone on the team really has that here. Anyway, and just is is ignorant of that. Mm. <laughs> That reminds me of one thing I'll claim about is these guys are fucking taking their time on doing a little post game uh, tradition when they win. Like they need to like hurry Dude, up. They a gotta walk bit. around a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what late trains now. I don't know what the fuck they were doing for so long on Friday, but it took a while. Um, but yeah, I I don't think they'll they'll respect them too much. Um, and I I think we can we can pull it up, pull it out against New England or Atlanta at the very least. But yeah. I um my only wish I think from this club is to make Patrick available for more media availabilities. Um, it's, to give more quotes because it's picking up. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a. I think he, he he definitely caught on a bit that we enjoyed Patrick is here. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I, I very nearly because it was like it was at the end of a, of a press conference he was doing, 
And, uh, you know, comms was just kind of like any, anybody else. We have room time for one more question. And I was like, should I ask him about the song or no? And then I chickened out. <laughs> it's, it's fine. But, I, I, yeah. I'd rather not know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I, part of me want, wants to know whether, you know, like Bradley Carnell or Thalwell has caught wind of some of the absurd, absurd, absolutely fact, fact, uh, written, uh, documentary mm-hmm. coverage that we've, mm-hmm aired on this podcast but you know also prefer not to know right i mean we had to we had to hire nick cage to voice that entire story for us in an audiobook so. most of it was actual real footage yeah uh, you know captured next to the wicker man um but yeah with that um any other notes for these upcoming six points our first game our, first, our next home game is july right it's gonna be a while well i guess wow hopefully we're we're talking next week after at least two points if not four maybe if even not six. six who knows fuck it let's find a way to get seven somehow um but until then Peace out.